Don't know if you were watching the Buffalo Bills Arizona Cardinals game. Oh my. Oh my. DeAndre Hopkins, freak wide receiver. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We'll rewind a little bit. The Bills, they're on a drive. Josh Allen, quarterback, finds Stephon Diggs, dies for the catch. Bills take a 30 26 lead with 43 seconds. Might have been 47 seconds. Arizona gets the ball back. Couple little plays, don't get much yards. Time is winding down. Kyler Murray runs to the side. Lost it. Hail Mary to the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins and three Buffalo Bills defenders. Three defensive backs all around DeAndre Hopkins. Jumps up, snatches it, and snatches the W from the Buffalo Bills. Arizona wins 32-30. Insane. I was going to stop watching the game, get on the podcast, start talking about things that we had to talk about today, and no, I'm sorry. The Bills and the Cardinals had me glued. Crazy, awesome, competitive game. Turnovers from both, defensive stops, offensive awesomeness. Great, great, great game. I picked the Bills. I wanted the Bills to win. I was happy when Diggs dove. I'm like, okay, it's a wrap. I got it. No, 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 no. Kyler Murray using some of that Murray magic and takes the game. Takes the win. I don't even care at that point. When you see something amazing like that, you're like, eh, all the other stuff doesn't even matter. That was awesome football, awesome sports, and that's what we want to see. There were a lot of great games on Sunday. Actually, the afternoon games are way better than the morning games. We'll talk about those tomorrow's show on Monday. Today is Sunday, November 15th. We will talk about them Monday on the 16th. For this show, we have guests, two guests, two different schools, two different years, but doing the same thing, and that's killing it on the cross-country courses. Marquette senior Lucas Hoffman and Brock Loftus from the Amboy Co-op. Lucas is a senior, Brock is a junior, and they're both awesome. Top of the leaderboards all season, and got invited to the Shazam Mile Split state race. So I talked to Lucas before the state race, and I talked to Brock after the state race. So we kind of got a before and after two different perspectives. I do want to mention, in the interview, I say Brock Loftus from Amboy probably like two or three times, at least once I know of. He's actually from Ohio. He goes to Ohio High School. But he is part of the Amboy Co-op, that has Amboy, Lamoille, Ohio, and AFC. So, just want to get that straight. I know this, but I just say Amboy because that's the team he runs for. Just want you to know he goes to Ohio High School, and we talk about it in the conversation. Both Lucas and Brock were awesome guests. Like I said, fantastic runners. A breakdown of what they were able to do in the postseason. They were both at all the same races. So they were at Class 1A St. Bede Regional. Lucas Hoffman wins with a 1633.23. Won it all. Loftus was right behind him with a second place, 1652.75. Class 1A Seneca sectional. Hoffman finishes fourth with a 1703.06. Loftus was sixth with a 1716.1. The Shazam meet, which was in Chillicothe at Three Sisters Park. 158 runners in this, and it was 
Friday, November 6th, so a little bit over a week ago. At the Shazam race, Loftus finished 51st with a 17, 35.36, and Hoffman was 75th with a 17, 57.84. Both had amazing years, did a lot of awesome things. They both would have been at IHSA state meet if there was one. They would have been there, and they both should have been there. And we should have had one. <laughs> oh, listen to me. The governing bodies know what's best. But we all know how it is. We all want to see sports. And that's what it is. Also at the Shazam Mile Split State Race, Fieldcrest Jr. Mason Stoger was 87th with an 1810.81. Loftus and the Clippers of the Amboy Co-op actually ran this past Friday, two days ago, November 13th, in Indiana. They did a team meet in another state just to keep running. Congrats for them. Congrats to Hoffman, Loftus, and Stoger for going to the Shazam Mile Split and having some great times and having fun doing what you like to do. Talk a lot of running with Hoffman and Loftus. Play a couple games. Great conversations. As the runners in cross country experience, weather's starting to change. Starting to drop a little bit. Windy. Summer came and went. Fall is just about over with, winter's coming. This doesn't mean there isn't time for end of the year home improvements. Olsa Construction works hard to help its customers until it's no longer possible, whenever Mother Nature decides. Until then, brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will help use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. With COVID-19 making it hard to celebrate the holidays, this may be a good time to make your home as comfortable and cozy as possible. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. As advertised, doing a deep dive each and every week. Plan on being on the Sunday episode, and this week, it exactly is. Dove into Hardy's A Rock. First country album I think I've ever listened to front to back. Song 1 to song 12. Listened to every single song and did it many times. I probably listened to the album 5 or 6 times. What was cool about it is, so I'm not a country fan. Let's put that on the table right now. Not a country fan. But I like music. I like all music. I like stories. I like being able to relate to what I'm listening to. I like to familiarize myself with the song or the artist or something that connects that in my head, you know, there's a reason I'm listening to this song. And honestly, probably could connect with each and every 12 songs. Seriously. There's a few songs that are really hitting home right now because of things going on in personal life. Just went through a breakup. A lot of these songs tie into that. It happens. It happens to all of us. happens to the best of us. But they're really well done songs. 
And I've also said for a while that country really isn't country anymore. It's pop country. It's not the Conway Twitties and the Patsy Kleins of the world anymore. It's the Toby Keiths. It's the Hardys. It's the Old Dominions. It's the more pop-ish acts. Not that that's a bad thing. Not that that's a good thing. I don't really know. But I do know that this album was pretty solid. And I may listen to all these tracks over and over again. Actually, three of them are now on my Spotify playlist. I say I don't know because you never know the evolution of music, what direction it's going to go in, whether you like it, whether you don't, compared to other things. When it comes to hip-hop, 90s to 2000 hip-hop will never be matched in my eyes. Some of those artists, some of those songs, you match them where you are in life and people you're with and things like that, and that will never change. So 90s to about probably 2008. We'll go 1992 to probably 2008. That gap, that kind of defines my hip-hop. And I know when you're talking to country music fans, they got the same thing. My grandmother, Conway Twitty, was her dude, her favorite. My mom, Reba McIntyre. I know she had the Garth Brooks albums. She liked Brooks and Dunn. You know those guys. But I liked it. I liked it. I liked the upbeat music. I liked the stories. It was cool. That mix of country, rock, I know he's not going to say rock and there's a lot of country songs in here just about being country and the stereotypes of being country. But there is kind of some riffs in there. There is the pop-ish kind of melodies, tones, but it is country as well. And I like the versatility. Call it country all you want to, but as a music listener, as somebody who listens to everything, the only thing that classifies it as strictly being country is A, he says country a bunch, his accent to a tone, and just because he wants to be country and nothing else. <laughs> that's, that's about it. But music-wise, it kind of spans. It's pop-ish. It's country rock-ish. But I like it. It was cool. Like I said, I'm going to listen to some of these songs over and over again. So A-Rock came out not too long ago. September 4th, 2020. So two months old, two and a half months old. And it is Hardy's debut album. If this is his debut album, I'll probably check out the next few to see where he goes from this. Because this was pretty solid. Like, it's really good. It peaked on the U.S. Billboard charts at number 24 and the U.S. Top Country charts at number 4. It's also an independent album with big, loud records. On the independent album charts, it peaked at number 4. On Spotify, Hardy as a musician has 3.25 million listeners per month. That's his average monthly listenership is 3.25 million. And it's really this album. He's got a, I guess I would call it a mixtape in the hip hop community, but the name of it is called Hicks Tape. Hicks Tape Volume 1. So it's kind of like a mixtape, probably like a trying to get this out so people are ready to listen to me and they'll buy my first album. Kind of what that is. So pretty much off his first album, he is averaging 3.25 monthly listeners on Spotify. That's not bad. That's not too shabby at all. And at this point, came out September 4th. It is November 15th. He's only got one single that kind of helped promote the album, and that's One Beer, which was pretty solid. We'll break down all the songs, and then I'll rank them. I like to do that. Rank them. In this case, there's 12 songs, 1 to 12, 1 being my favorite, 12 being my least favorite. 
before I listened to the album, I did do some research just so I could kind of like get to know the dude a little bit or at least know his background, stuff like that before I listened to A-Rock. Because like I said, not a country fan, never heard about Hardy until a friend said, hey, check this album out. I asked my country music listening friends, like, hey, what's an album I should check out? I'm doing this deep dive thing on the podcast. And Hardy was thrown at me as we were listening to Truck, which is a song, his first song on the album. It's number one on the album, first song. So I was like, hey, all right, this song's not bad. I'll check it out. And that's how this happened. That's how the Hardy deep dive happened. Friend said, hey, check this out. I'm like, cool, let's do it. So I did some research. 30 years old, turned 30 in September, which to be 30 and have your debut album come out is kind of different. Usually you come out way earlier and then, you know, you build yourself as a writer, as a musician, as a sound, and we go along the progression. 30 years old, like, boom, here I am. This is what I am. I may grow from here, I may not, but here. Because usually, you know, it's kid artist, or you come out in your early 20s, mid 20s, something like that, and you work your way up. Nah, this dude's 30 years old, dropping a pretty solid album. From Philadelphia, Mississippi, so he's definitely country. So he's definitely country, coming from Mississippi. I didn't even know there was a Philadelphia, Mississippi. But that's where he's from. <laughs> like I said, definitely country. If you've ever been to Mississippi, it's country. It's totally country. Not a bad state, not a bad time. Just country. Very, very, very country. Before he dropped this album the last few years, he's been writing songs for other artists. And when you listen to his album, you can tell he is an accomplished writer. He knows how to write songs. He knows how to make them flow. He knows how to get his points across. He has written songs for Blake Shelton, huge name. Florida Georgia Line, huge name. Morgan Wallen, becoming a huge name. And there's some others that he has written for as well. So even though this is his first album, he's been around. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to write. No doubt about that. And what I kind of do like about Hardy... He's got tattoos, he's got what could be a mullet, but he's always wearing a hat, which has a flat bill. These are things that you don't necessarily associate with country artists. Tats, maybe one or two, he's got like a sleeve. Mullet, I guess that's in style now. It's coming back, it's back, for real. I don't grow hair, I don't even know if I could grow hair anymore, I haven't tried. I've been shaving my head for over 10 years. I like it like that. But, mullets are definitely coming back, like I said, you can't tell if it is or if it's just short hair. I've never seen him without a hat. And the flat bills. Nobody wears flat bill hats in country. Like it's a rap thing. Got the sticker on it. Showing that, hey, I bought this. This is mine. Little style. No, he's doing that in country. I kind of like that. Flipping the game up. Side down, pretty much. So the album is, again, 12 songs. 42 minutes, 8 seconds. Before I start breaking down the songs, what I really, 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 really liked about it, it's real. All of the situations, all of the songs, somebody can relate to. Maybe not me, because I'm not country, so to say. But everybody can relate to these. Some of these situations like may not have went through my life, but have been through your life, or somebody that you know, or somebody that I know. So, it's pretty cool. I like music like that. It's kind of hard to 
listen and enjoy a song where you really don't know where it's coming from. You don't really know what it means because you haven't been through those situations. Or you don't know anybody that has. And you were on the outside looking in, so you kind of got a little bit of experience. Every single song on this album does that. Previously mentioned, the first song on the album is Truck. And he says it often, you can judge a man by its truck. And he gives the examples of how. If it's this way, then you're that. If you got a 12-pack in the passenger seat, that means you worked hard all week. And maybe not everybody in every town, every city across the state has a truck, but somebody does. There's trucks everywhere. And if you look at a truck, whether it's muddy, whether it's clean, whether it's old, rusty, whatever, you can tell a man by his truck. And that's what he's saying in this song. The part of the hook that got me can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a country boy by his truck. It's kind of interesting. Never had a truck. I have friends that have trucks. And I'm looking at my friends, looking at their trucks, not like literally, but in my head. And I'm like, you know what? That truck does signify him. You know what? That truck, yeah, that's her. Okay, I get it. So yeah, it was kind of like a learning lesson for me listening to this song. The second song is Boyfriend. Saying, I don't want to be your boyfriend. I want to be more. Tired of talking about things and let's do it. Let's be about it. Which is cool. I mean, you get to that point in life, you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You get tired of, hey, this is my boyfriend. Hey, this is my girlfriend. And it turns into, hey, I want to be wife. I want to be husband. Let's be us. So it's a cool song. And I can honestly see this in Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Illinois as a proposal song. Somebody in their truck listening to this song, getting on your hand and knees and proposing marriage. I could see it. I'm sure it's already been done. If it hasn't, it will soon. It's a proposal song, no doubt. The third song on a truck is Give Heaven Some Hell. This one related to me a lot. It starts off with, I can't believe I'm in a suit and tie. You know, you made me do this, but I had to come he is laying out a funeral and that he's going to share his respects for somebody that he cared about, passed away. And he's like, hey, you were wild, you were free, you were a great guy. So when you get to heaven, give heaven some hell. I have tons of people upstairs that I hope are giving heaven some hell every day of my life, of their heavenly lives. Doug, Charles, Lonnie, Pops, all of you. Just the ones that I've written down, there's many more. Give heaven some help, for sure. Four is Boots. It's an end of a relationship song. You know things aren't going right. It's going to end before it gets better. You're in that situation like, yeah, I don't see things turning around. So it's like, hey, fell asleep with my boots on. I know I ran out of excuses. I knew I ran out of apologies. I ran out of time. And I got my boots on, and if I have to wake up and go, I'm ready. Very, very relatable song for a lot of people, I'm sure. It was well done. Very well done. Five is Where You At. This is a redneck country party song. It's about country pride, long necks and bottled beer, taking your shotguns out, driving around in your trucks, diesel driving, moonshine making. Yeah, it's a country redneck party song. I could totally, totally see that be playing at parties right now. It's a Sunday, may not have to work on a Monday, you're chilling, jamming out to where you at. I can see that. I can see that. Six, 
on the album was Ain't A Bad Day. Actually, it's ironically titled because it is about a bad day. The hook is, I had it all made, threw it all away, it ain't a bad day for the whole world to end. Like, that's the hook. Realizing things aren't going his way, and if it all ended, thank you. Okay. It's probably about that time. I'm sure he isn't saying, like, hey, I want to die right now, but he's saying, hey, you know, you get in these situations, these ruts, these positions where, you know, if things were to be taken away or to stop or to end, maybe it wouldn't be a bad day. Maybe it would be cool or reassuring or lift some things off your shoulders. I know everybody listening to this podcast has had a day like that. Maybe a couple days, maybe spanning into a week. I know I have. Seven is the lone single off the album right now, and it's One Beer. And this is about young people. I think he starts off saying 17 years old, me shaking at CVS, getting a pregnancy test, find out you're about to have a baby. What are you going to do? You're getting nervous. Your lives are about to change. This song is a really, really catchy way to put a real situation into perspective. And on the song with him is Lauren Elena and Devin Dawson. Add some background singing and an extra voice. But it's simply telling you, one beer can turn into a kid and your whole life changing. And it's crazy how that happens. And fast, but it can happen. Didn't happen to me. Could have happened to me, but it didn't. Seen it happen to a lot of friends, family members. Can be a good thing and can be a bad thing. That's how you take it, how you roll the dice. He's just saying, Hardy's just saying, one beer, one party, one meeting, and your whole life can change. Number eight definitely, definitely can touch a lot of people as well. It's called So Close with Ashlyn Croft. You know, most of us have had that partner. You know, that's the one. This is my partner forever. Nothing's going to happen. Everything that you dreamt about when you think of relationships is that person. Or you want that person to be in those dreams and live that life together. Everybody has different dreams and you want different things. But what you want, you see that person in or being a part of that. Having them with you in your future forever. And then something happens and it crashes. And all of a sudden you don't even know what happened, have no idea, and you're not together. And it ends. You know, you're reaching for the stars and then they're taken away from you. The night goes black and they're not there anymore and that person's not there anymore. That's what this song's about. Really well done. Hardy and Ashlyn Craft mixed, mingled really, really well vocally. And it was a really well done song. Definitely can relate to it, and I'm sure a lot of other people can. Number nine was Broke Boy. You ever been broke and you've been in a bar or establishment and there's a girl that you think is very attractive, she's out of your league, and you know what? You just have enough courage to go and talk to her and say something and see what happens. Well, that's what this is about. I think he says he had a pretty big game for a broke boy. By being able to talk to somebody... Get them to go with you, go out with you, kiss you, be a partner with you when you have nothing, not even a pot to piss in, and you're going to make a move. It takes a lot of guts, <laughs> no doubt. And it was a pretty well done song, and it's, again, all of these situations that I've said in each and every one of these songs, very relatable, happens every single day across the country, across the world. Ten, hate your hometown. Get in a relationship and you're in a city, college, usually this is college situation, and 
you know, your girl, your your dude are starting to get homesick. They want to go home, see their family. You know, maybe something's happening. Somebody's sick. And they're leaving. They're going home. But the loved one or the one that loves them is stuck there wishing that they didn't go. Wishing that their hometown was a ghost town. Wishing that there was no beers. Wishing that your friends were all gone, not there anymore. Wishing your family doesn't have enough time for you. Just wishing that things that you hope are going to be like they are when you get back home are not like that and you turn back around and come back to that partner. Number 11, unapologetically country. That's exactly what the song is. Saying all the reasons why he's country and all the reasons why he doesn't care if you don't like it. 12 is A-Rock, titled off the album. Pretty much the progression of life. Starts off as a kid talking about every step of the way of life until death. Your name is written on a rock. When you get married, you're handing a woman, putting a rock on a woman's finger or a man's finger. Life is pretty much a rock. And as he's talking about it and saying things that are like, oh my, that's a rock, that's a rock, that's a rock. You put a rock in between a hard place. Really, really well-written song. It clicks. It makes sense, and it's pretty much the progression of everybody's life. Everybody. As I'm going through these songs and talking about them, I am really glad my friend told me to listen to this album. Like I said, it was a really well put together album. A lot of things you can relate to, and just good music. I didn't have to be a country fan to enjoy this. Like I said, there was a little rock. There's a little pop. There's a little mixture of all of it, and it was cool. It was a really good listen, and I will listen again. The one song that I like the best, that I will listen to, but probably right now, right now isn't the great time to listen to it, but the song means a lot, it's smart, it's well written, I think I went on it, like talked about it the most out of all these other songs, is So Close with Ashlyn Craft. To me that was the best song on the album, just a really, really well done song, and we get so close, so close to things, and then they just fall flat. And you don't know what to do and you don't know how to act. You don't know how to handle yourself and you fight for it. You fight for it as much as you can, but then you realize it's crashed. It's blown up. It's burnt and you don't know what to do and you have to move on. Really well done song. My number two is Boots. Again, <laughs> end of a relationship song. Just really catchy, uplifting, even in a bad situation. Three, give heaven some hell. Doug, Charles, Lonnie, Pops, all of you, please do. I don't even know why I say please do. I already know you are. Four, Ain't a Bad Day, really well written. This may be the best written song just because of how he drew things out and told you about them. Five, Broke Boy. I know a lot of broke people that find themselves in cool positions because they had enough courage to say, hey, I might not have money, but I'm a good person. I'll treat you well. Let's go have fun and see where this takes us. Great song that shows exactly that. Six, boyfriend. I mean, get to that point where you're tired of just being a boyfriend. You want to be more. This is Beyonce's version of Put a Ring on It. That's exactly what it is. It's a country version of Beyonce's Put a Ring on It. Seven, a rock. Another really, really well-written song. Talking about life, progressions. How you have to make decisions and you live with them and you try to enjoy life the best that you can. Eight was truck. 
I really liked it. Just fell down because I don't think it was as well written as the others didn't tell a story. And I relate more to the other songs that I've already said. But Truck, really, really good song. Nine, I'm going to go with Hate Your Hometown. I understand it. I get it. I totally understand and get it. Just like the other songs better. But really good song. Honestly, all 12 of these songs are good songs. They really are all good songs. At this point, it's just kind of how they relate to you and what means the most. Ten, one beer. Great story. I mean, true story. Happens everywhere, every day. It might be happening right now. There's a 16 to 18 year old kid, maybe even younger. I'm hoping not younger. But 16 to 18 year old kid who's still a kid. They're going to grow up real fast, real quick. Great story. I didn't go through this situation, but I've seen many, many other people do it and deal with it and learn to love it and prosper and grow. 11, where you at? Party song, cool. Just a redneck party song. Not my style. If it's on, I'm going to listen to it. I might even bob my head, but I probably won't play it at home. If I'm going to party or have some upbeat songs going on, this one isn't going to be one of them. But good song. 12, unapologetically country. I'm not unapologetically country, so I can't relate. Some of the things he's talking about, no idea. And that's not his fault or my fault. Just live different lives. And that's cool. That's why I like listening to music to get other people's side of the stories, what they're doing for fun, how they live their life. That's why I listen to music. That's why I talk to people. That's the whole point of it. So it's cool. I dug it, but not something I'm going to listen to. If you have not heard Hardy, A-Rock, Go check it out. It's on Spotify. Sure you can buy it. YouTube. Everywhere. Check it out. Good album. Even if you're not a country fan, it's still good music. One of my favorite places to listen to music is at the gym. Let's face it. It's not easy to get in shape or stay physically fit. There are factors working against all of us, including time and work schedules, lack of a support system, motivation may be low. Don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body. Injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit, located at the Prue Mall across from Secret Nails, offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, not one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. Support Group, LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation, the trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided or pushed at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Want a more relaxed approach? You'll receive the same welcoming smile. Injuries and mobility restrictions? These are a top priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook and at lpcrossfit.com. Well, that is a wrap for episode 133 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. 
I don't think I mentioned it before. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. We'll get 35 minutes in before you hear my name. That's okay. The name doesn't matter. The messages, what we're saying, who we're talking to, those are the important things. And we're about to hear from Lucas Hoffman, senior from Marquette, and Brock Loftus, a junior from Ohio High School who runs with the Amboy Co-op. Let's get to them. Until next time, peace. Cross country wrapped up on Saturday. The sectionals now over. Champions were crowned. Top times were crowned. Personal records. We, right now on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, are joined by, I'm going to call him Sir, Senior from Marquette, Sir Lucas Hoffman, joining us today, who is a excellent cross-country runner. How's it going, Lucas? I'm great. How are you? I'm all right. Is it okay if I call you Sir Lucas Hoffman? Yeah, that's fine by me. I just feel like you got a name that deserves a Sir in front of it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Let's jump right into cross country. You won the St. Bede Class 1A Regional and finished fourth at the Class 1A Seneca Sectional. Man, you must have been feeling it. Yeah, I felt pretty good, especially during the regional. It was probably one of my best races all season. I was happy with that. What was it about the race of the day that just made you feel like that? I just felt very comfortable throughout. Um, I knew my competition and... There's a few surprises at the beginning, but overall, I knew I had the capability to go out and win it and was able to do so. What is the key to your cross-country game? Are you a fast starter? Do you just, like, steady and maintain? Are there peaks and valleys? Like, what do you try to do on the cross-country course to win races? It changed a lot this year. This year, I wanted to go out and lead most of the races. Um, I knew that would help prepare me for races like regionals and sectionals. I like to go out and lead and set the pace where I'm comfortable at and know that I can maintain throughout the whole race. Getting that regional win at St. Bede, how special was that for you? Are you going to hang the medal or the plaque, whatever you've received in your bedroom? It's hanging with the rest of them, but I think I won it junior year too. So I was planning on winning at senior year, but it was still a special experience. You said, yeah, it's with the rest of them like you got 1,500 of them. <laughs> well, I've been running for quite a while, and I played baseball and basketball too. So they've stacked up over the years. So you got quite the trophy case. Yeah, I'd say so. So really like 1,500 of them. I wasn't even lying. No, I don't think that much, but... perfect perfect going into the sectional obviously coming off a red hot regional you get the w going to sectional how were you feeling about that race knowing seneca's got some hills it's a little bumpy but you knew your competition and you knew you could run well what were you feeling heading into that i knew there was going to be some great runners running with me so i was actually planning on trying to stick with them because I knew they have beaten me in the past so I knew it was going to be a great race and it turned out to be a really good race throughout the entire course. I was very comfortable with the course. I've ran there three or four times this year so I knew about like when the hills were coming up so I used that to my advantage. So you kind of cheated? No, just prepared more. 
or was able to plan races since they're close. That was a great answer. That was a great answer. Sorry for me trying to be funny, but you're like, no, man, I just prepared. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Saying that you knew there were some tough runners, you knew the course. How did you feel about your fourth place finish? Were you content with that? Did you wish you did better? Did you thought you were going to do worse? What did you think about the fourth place finish? Well, I was seated fourth going into the race, but I definitely feel like I could have ran a smarter race. I would have liked for it to start out a lot faster than what it did. Uh, I feel like um, that played more to their advantage because the first half of the race is less hilly than the second half, so if I would have started out faster, I think that would have worn them out more, but they're great runners, so I couldn't be too upset about it. This is your senior year. You won a regional. You won one last year. You get to a sectional, place fourth. You would have been in a state tournament, a state meet if there was one. What does that mean for you to go out like that as a senior for Marquette High School? That means the world. Marquette has been great to me, and I had a great team this year, and all four years, actually, and great coaches that helped me to help prepare me for that moment so I couldn't be any happier I apologize for saying Marquette High School Marquette Academy Catholic School and the athletics there since I've been around have been pretty stellar the whole time there how what does that mean to you to be a part of that environment uh, it means a lot um, everyone there is very competitive and winning environment really helps keep the positivity up did you end your cross-country career the way that you wanted to yeah i would have liked for a state tournament but other than that i can't complain with how it ended you were talking about other sports that you played you mentioned basketball basketball has been a big topic of discussion lately especially in illinois high school discussions as we're gonna play then we're not then we are you bring in governor jb pritzker you bring in the illinois health department you bring in ihsa you bring in high schools athletic directors and it is a giant circus of whether or whether or not we're gonna have a basketball season as a senior in high school with one more opportunity to play high school basketball what do you feel about the situation? It was definitely a disappointment when they announced that it's canceled for the winter. I was really looking forward to playing one more year, but I just have to look forward to hopefully we can have it in the spring. So just prepare for that, and I'll use this winter time to train more for track, hopefully in the summer. Have you been a basketball player for the last three years? Yeah. And you've had... Hop, Todd Hopkins all three years, haven't you? I've had him um, just last year, and I had Jesse Cavanaugh my freshman year and Coach Kuhn my sophomore year. I was on the freshman and JV teams my freshman and sophomore year, and then just varsity last year. Gotcha. What do you think is Hop as a coach? He's a great coach. I love having him. He's a great yeah. guy. He's one of my favorites to talk to in my journalism career. I like talking to that guy. Yeah, he's a character. <laughs> I just like his straightforwardness. Like, he tells you how it is, how he feels yeah. about things, and that's what it is. Yeah, which is nice to have definitely in the locker rooms and during practices. Out of the sports that you do participate in, basketball, cross country, you did play baseball. What's your favorite of the sports? 
definitely cross country. 100%. Is it because you're good at it? A little bit. I also love just racing and the environment of cross country season and everything. What I like about cross country is obviously I don't run the courses, nothing like that, but the time of the year, it's fall. We're in the countryside, sort of, kind of, but then there's some woods. If you're at St. B, like you were for the regional, there's that apple orchard, and there's just cool things to see while you're running. Do you ever think about that as you're running and just kind of view and just take it all in? Yeah, definitely. I always appreciate the different courses and the different views while running. It's always a different look wherever you go, so it doesn't get stagnant or anything. I think that's the cool thing about cross country compared to like basketball. Basketball, okay, you're in a different town. You don't really see the town. You get out of the bus, go into a gym. The colors of the gym are different and maybe the seating between bleachers and seats, whatever, are different. But it's just a basketball gym. We've seen a million of them. Yeah. Also, like the fans, they're running all over the place, cheering you on from different places instead of just sitting in the bleachers all the time so it's definitely a different feel something you will never forget yeah i'll remember it my whole life once you leave marquette do you plan on running cross country for a college somewhere yeah i'm not sure where yet but i definitely have some some colleges that i'm looking at to run for would you mind sharing any of these colleges um right now it's like north central or loris or augustana um, I also looked at Marquette and Iowa, Marquette University. I'm not sure about running at Marquette or Iowa. They're pretty big schools, so. Now you're running into that thing where you want to go, like, kind of big city, big competition, or good competition, smaller schools in Illinois, but there are some really, really accomplished runners in those programs as well. Yeah, definitely. The programs like North Central and Loris, they have really strong, like, coaching and it's a strong cross-country team. And then on the other side of that, you got, hey, I could be a D1 athlete if I go to Iowa or University of Marquette, or Marquette University. Yeah, it's just going to depend on the feel of the overall college. And I hope to, like this year, look at more of their team and like get closer. I'm already close with some of the coaches, but it's going to be a tough decision um, like this springtime. Talking about all this running, I always wondered what a cross-country runner's diet is. Like, if you're a football player, a wrestler, you're trying to put on pounds. You're a basketball player, you're eating sort of bad, sort of healthy, want to put on muscle, want to stay in shape. Cross-country runners, it seems like all of you weigh 50 pounds. (laughs) It really does. But you guys can all, because of your metabolism, Eat a crazy amount of food, at least from my history in participation with cross-country athletes. Where do you fit in this? Do you eat a lot of food and just run it off? Yeah, that's spot on. Everyone asks me if I'm eating enough, but I do eat quite a bit. But my metabolism is so fast, I don't gain any pounds from it. Now I am jealous. (laughs) How much do you weigh? I'm at like around 135 right now. And how tall are you? About six foot. Oh, wow. So I am about six foot, and I weighed in fifth grade 155 pounds. This is two completely different 
completely different builds, I guess. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. I just wanted to showcase the differences for the listeners of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, because that's crazy. 135 pounds, and you're around six foot. That's super skinny, but very athletic as well. In the off-season, how many miles did you run to try to get ready for this season? A lot. I was probably around 50 miles a week. And during the summer, I like focused more on my like speed work to try and get like speed down and because and so, my distance was already there and my endurance was there I just needed to get faster and quicker so I wasn't putting in crazy amounts of miles but I was still putting in quite a bit I like your answer you're like a lot <laughs> <laughs> you're like I ran a lot <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> well I don't count like total amounts but I just know it was I was running every day Perfect. That's all you need to do. Like, get in shape, keep going, get used to it, prepare yourself. You obviously prepared yourself well. Thank you. Besides cross-country, besides basketball, what else are you involved in at Marquette? I do track in the spring normally. And I'm also the senior class president for student council. Uh, I'm in Key Club, Order of the um, um, National Honor Society. I'm definitely involved in the clubs. I think that's really important and get involved in the student body. How did your campaign go for a student council president? Did you do like the vote for Pedro, Napoleon Dynamite style? No, there was no one else running for it. I just had to sign the papers and sign my name up for it and get a couple signatures and that was it. That's all you had to do? Yeah. So are you really president or are you like a volunteer? I'm listed as president, so... <laughs> That's what really matters. Yeah. I would say I'm the president, too. You, Hey, you won. They gave you the paper. Yeah, they did. I was expecting, like, yeah, I had to talk to all these people. I shook some hands, <laughs> hugged some babies. No, you're like, they handed me a paper. I signed it. Yeah. Well, I had to get a couple um, signatures from my classmates, but since there was no one else running against me, I didn't have to do too much. Did you have to, like, shake their hands or, like, make them cupcakes or anything like that? No, just hand them a pencil <laughs> ask them to sign it. All right, all right. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Moving forward, obviously, you're talking about maybe running in college. You have these clubs going for you. You're dedicated to things. In, we'll say, like, five years, where do you see yourself? What do you want to be doing with your life moving forward? Uh, I'm looking to study possibly business finance so hopefully getting in like an internship somewhere or just getting involved in that job on community okay business finance what do you want to do with that career-wise uh, i'm not too sure yet i'm possibly thinking about being a financial advisor or uh, looking at some bigger companies and getting involved with those if I hired you to be my financial advisor right now, how much would I have to pay you? Uh, well, that might be a wrong decision by you because I don't really know too much about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need a couple of years under my belt. You're like, I don't even know what I'm talking about yet. <laughs> I'm still looking. Gotcha, gotcha. I might hire you anyway. You know, I need somebody. <laughs> yeah. After sectionals, Shazam, 
and Miles Split decided they were going to invite runners to a sort of IHSA state meet. I think that's what they're calling it. It's not official, but it's a meet where they invited some of the top runners in the state of Illinois there. You were invited. How did that make you feel to be invited to this race? It was definitely an honor. It's kind of taking place as a state meet, so I'm really looking forward to it. There should be some great runners there and some great competition. When you were first asked or first mentioned that, like, hey, there's this thing and we want you to be there, what was your initial reaction? Well, it's kind of questionable about it because normally I don't do these kind of championship things, but once it started to become more of a serious thing, I was definitely excited for it. Is there anybody that you know that you've ran against or friends that you have in the running world that are going to be there with you? I'm the runner from Amboy. He's the one who I ran against at regionals and sectionals. I know he's going to be there for sure. And also the one kid from Hersher. I ran with him once over the summer. Uh, He's a really great kid and a really good runner. He's probably favored to win it. So that should be fun to watch. I do not know the kid from Hersher, but I'm guessing you're talking about Amboy Jr. Brock Loftus. Yeah. He's a pretty good runner. Yeah, he is. He actually led me in the first mile of the regional, and he ran up with the front pack with us during the sectionals. So, yeah, he has a great future. That is pretty awesome. Congratulations for being selected for that race. Thank you. Going back to the beginning of things here, you know, we talked about regionals and sectionals and this sort of state meet that you're going to go to. Talk about the regular season and the Marquette team and just being able to get onto the cross-country course and be able to run. It was definitely a great year. Um, This year we had about 13 boys and around 17 girls, which is crazy numbers for Marquette with football and volleyball being canceled unfortunately um they decided to give cross country a try and some of my best friends were able to come out and run cross country with me my senior year so that has been a great experience and a lot of fun so with you saying that is like a crazy amount of runners for marquette what is the usual amount of runners that come out normally we only have we definitely only have like less than 10 boys and girls combined um at least my four years here but yeah like last year we only had like three or four boys and like one girl and before volleyball and football got canceled i think we only had three boys and one girl so definitely smaller numbers compared to this year well that's pretty awesome have your senior year with the most amount of teammates that you've ever had and just a I mean, it's a weird time with COVID-19 and the era that we're in, but at least you had more people to enjoy it with and more people to run with. Yeah, they made practices and the meets a lot more enjoyable. They're incredible supporters throughout and made me laugh and smile every single day. Laughing and smiling is very important, my friend. Yeah, it is. Well, now that we just say laughing and smiling, who is your favorite comedian or actor or actress to watch that make you smile? Um, I like Kevin Hart. He's funny. Oh, he's epic. I love that guy. Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe one day you'll get to meet him. You could probably hug him over his head if you're almost six foot. <laughs> yeah, he's a little short, but definitely funny. Well, we're going to use that as a segue to get to our game. Let's play a little hot potato. Are you ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. I'm going to ask you, or actually throw you to people, items, colors, food, whatever, and you pick which one you like the best, okay? All right. We'll start with Marquette colors. The navy blue or gold? Navy blue. Halloween just passed, so Halloween or Christmas? I would say Christmas. Halloween or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Ham or turkey? Uh, turkey. Apple pie or cherry pie? Cherry pie. I have not mentioned this this entire conversation with you, but it's November 3rd. The election of what seems like all of elections, because the number of people talking about it, wanting to vote, I have to ask you, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. And we move on. PlayStation or Xbox? <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> we just do it like that. I'm, I'm not saying who I favor, but I'm just like, hey, we'll just go past it. Yeah, probably does. I don't want you to run from Ottawa to come find me and beat me up or anything. <laughs> yeah. Colgate or Crest? Colgate. Mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese? Mashed potatoes. And last but not least, just because you're in Ottawa, and I am always curious about this with Ottawa residents, Bianchi's Pizza or Sam's Pizza? I like Bianchi's, but Sam's is really good too. LeBron or Jordan? Me and my friends argue about this all the time, but I think LeBron. We might have to extend this podcast so we can argue about this. (laughs) Jordan all day, baby. Well, by the end of LeBron's career, I think it's going to be him. Maybe, because that dude seems like he could play like 10 more years. Yeah. Lucas, this has been a lot of fun. We talked some cross-country, we talked some school stuff, your future, did some... Hot potato. Hopefully your hands didn't get burnt. I appreciate you joining the podcast and spending some time with us, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me. It's been a great time. Throughout the cross-country season, few names, few teams constantly talking about over and over and over again because they were awesome, doing some awesome things. And my guest today is part of one of the main ones that graced this show a lot, talking about the Amboy Lamoille, Ohio, AFC Co-op. That is a lot of teams, but great teams, great school. I am talking with Junior Brock Loftus. Brock, how's it going, my man? Good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I am doing well. You are a return, is it victim or offender or guest? I I guess we'll go with guest, huh? Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) I am doing well, man. Really, really glad to have you on, talk a lot about running cross-country. We will start with what is going on now. So Friday, today is Tuesday, November 10th. On Friday, you ran in the Shazam Mile Split State Meet. Not the same as IHSA, but they put together a competition for you runners to at least have that kind of feel, that kind of state environment. First, let's just talking about you being selected. How did that make you feel to know that they thought you were one of the best runners around and should be in this competition? 
Yeah, I mean, it made me feel really good. I really, really wish our team would have made it, and I feel like our team should have made it, but it wasn't our decision, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was a little disappointing we didn't go to the team, but individually, I felt like I really deserved it, and the hard work I put in definitely paid off. And you finished, was it 51st? Yep, 51st. The times weren't exactly like crazy fast. It was a pretty tough course, but I was still happy with it. I'm really more worried about where you place is what really matters in a cross-country race, though. And where was it ran at? Three Sisters Park in Chillicothe. Have you ever ran there before? Nope. That was my first time, so it was pretty interesting. I wish we were a little bit farther down the road in Detweiler. I think everybody can agree with that. That's like the coolest course ever, but can't be mad because we still got something. True. And just in case listeners don't know what Detweiler Park is, that is in Peoria, and that is the place, the location for the state meet every year, except this year because our not-so-much-of-a-buddy COVID-19 is just messing up everything. Yep. Have you ever been in a fight before? No. If you could fight COVID-19, if we could turn COVID-19 into a person, would you fight him? Oh, definitely. (laughs) I think anyone would. Would you hit him with a steel chair like 1998 WWF? I mean, I don't know exactly what happened there, but yeah. (laughs) In the 90s, wrestlers were taking chair shots to the dome all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, until they started having mental problems, so then they had to quit that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you would definitely fight COVID-19 if you could. Oh, 100%. So what were some of the cool things about the course in Chillicothe? It was pretty hilly, so it made it a true cross-country course. I mean, everyone loves running flat courses, but when you can run hills, you know, it really shows who's a better cross-country runner. Like, I would say probably a mile of uphill. Like, right after the one-mile marker, you're going uphill for, like, almost all the way until the second mile. Yeah, it was a challenging course, but I think they're fun. Awesome. And the competition had to have been insane. I mean, you have been top one or two pretty much every single race this year. And then you get here, and you finish 51st. That means the competition was insane. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, all those top guys... They are so fast. I mean, I have so much respect for them. They're so great runners. And whenever you get in a state competition, you know you're going to be running against such great people. So, I just mentioned, you know, you were first or second in pretty much every race this year. What does that mean for you as a runner? I know you're determined. I know this is something that you want to do and you're passionate about. For you to have top finishes like that all year, does that just make you want to keep going and going and push for it more and more for your senior year next year? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, if you ain't first, you're last. So, just got to keep working. And then, I hopefully, yeah, next year there's some big goals I have. So, Did you just take a line from Talladega Nights? Oh, yeah. Are you and Ian Eller, you know, the Shake and Bake guys? I don't know if he knows the movie, but if he is, yeah, Shake and Bake. <laughs> Usually in big meets, postseason meets, definitely if anything is considered a state meet you know there's a lot of interaction and getting to know people and stuff like that with the era the times that we're in were you still able to do that or did we kind of have to social distance and to get to talk to a lot of people they put you in tents like not like tents but like these little square areas and it's like your covid box and i was put with um a couple other guys 
So, yeah, I got to meet some new people. And, yeah, they're all cool people. But, I mean, yeah, like what you said, I kind of had to, like, stay distance as much as possible. So let's dig into IHSA races. So the weekend before the Shazam race, the Saturday before that was sectional. Amboy was at the Class 1A Seneca sectional. And then the Saturday before that, the Class 1A St. Bede Regional. We'll start with St. Bede Regional. You finished second individually. Amboy wins as a team the first regional championship for the Clippers ever. So that had to have been an amazing feeling for you and for the team to be able to accomplish that. Oh, yeah, of course. So, I mean, everyone, we just wanted to uh, run a really good team race, even though we were in heats. Yeah, getting first of the team, I'm pretty sure that was like one of our very big goals we had at the beginning of the season. And so accomplishing it, and yeah, it just means a lot knowing we're the first ones to ever do it. And it wasn't even a, like an easy year. Like, hey, it's normal. We're running all these meets. We're at these invitationals. We're getting better. It was choppy. Schedule was changed. I know Amboy had some battles with quarantining. Not that anybody got COVID-19, but because of proximity, had to quarantine, miss some meets. So you guys were dealing with adversity the entire season also. Yeah, it just shows how much heart our team has and how we're never going to quit and how we always just want to do the best we possibly can, yeah. So you tried just a little bit? Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know you guys try a lot. So then you go to Seneca for the 1A sectional there, and you finish sixth. Amboy finishes third, and another first. If there was a state meet, the Amboy Co-op would have qualified, which it had never done before. Yeah. So, I mean, our team, we knew we were going against Rockford Christian, Sherrard, and Riverdale. We knew they were some really good teams. And we really were hoping we could get first or second. We know that was a very big goal. And I think we proved a lot getting that quote. We got third. We were only nine points off the second. And, I mean, we're all juniors right now, juniors and sophomores. And, I mean, it just shows so much and how much future we have. And even though we don't get a run in a state this year, in an IHSA normal year or anything like that. But, yeah, it just means a lot that we would have been the first. Hopefully next year it's a little bit more normal and we can be the first. I know if it's not normal, everybody in Amboy, whether it's student athlete, coach, teacher, parents, just live in Amboy, you guys are going to, like, riot. (laughs) Maybe. I could see a riot if there's not a state tournament, because if there is one, I'm sure you guys will be there. Oh, we most definitely, yes. So with the IHSA meets, I mean, you got some good competition, some good miles in, and set you up for the state meet pretty nicely, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Almost like a regular routine, just not regular, if that makes sense. Yeah, just like this year. This year is rough. Yeah, it is. I'm at work today. It's 3 o'clock. I look out the windows, and it's pitch black like it's midnight, and then start hearing, like, howling sounds as wind and rain, and, oh, man, did you get picked up in a tornado and put back down just to do this podcast? (laughs) Almost. Yeah, it was crazy. I was doing my workout earlier, and it was just insanely windy out there. Wind and running is not very fun, but it makes you stronger, but... Yeah. I totally agree. Even walking in the wind, it's not easy. It's very not easy. Mm-hmm. 
So you mentioned, you know, another workout. Are you just working out to stay in shape, or is there something else that you're running for? This coming Sunday in Terre Haute, Indiana, we're going to run in a national type of meet. So there will be uh, three high school races. There's two open races, which are a little bit slower races, and we're in one of those. And then after us, there will be, like, the big national championship race. But it'll be really good because, I mean, our team, we still haven't got a race in a state meet. And racing against, like, national competition, even though, like, it's not the championship race, there's still going to be really good runners from all across the country. Like, I was looking at the uh, roster or whatever, and there was teams from, like, Louisiana, Georgia, Ohio, California. So it's going to be really fun to race there. I'm excited. And that course has so much history on it, like, national championships for college and everything so yeah it's gonna be really fun and where did you say that was again Terre Haute oh uh, yeah Terre Haute Indiana I always say hoot I don't know why <laughs> yeah I honestly have no idea how you're supposed to pronounce it but me neither who knows yeah we'll just say that one place in that one state Indiana yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that sounds like an amazing opportunity to mm -hmm. get to run another race and especially running it with your team. Oh, yeah. We're, we're so excited. It's going to be really good for us. So Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. I'm sure Coach uh, Robinson is pretty pumped up about that, too. Oh, yeah. He's very excited. So I don't think he'll actually be able to come. He had something come up, but I know all of our parents will be going and everything, so. How was it running for him and sharing, you know, the list of firsts that you guys were able to accomplish this year? I mean, Michael Robinson's a good guy, knows a lot about running, seems like pretty cool, down to earth. What does he mean to you as a coach? You can tell when a coach actually cares for you, you know what I mean? Like, And you can tell that he actually cares for us. And that means a lot. Like, I don't think anyone wants to run for a coach that, like, genuinely doesn't care for him. You know what I mean? Definitely know what you mean. Sounds like he has those bonds, those relationships with his student athletes that matter to you just as much as they matter to him. Of course, yes. I know if you're like me, before every basketball game that I played, every bus trip that I was on, my headphones were in or on. It was more like on because we didn't have earbuds in the early 2000s. And yes, I had a CD Walkman. We didn't have phones like we do now. Or even iPads. iPods. Did you ever have an iPod? Yeah, I did. Like one of those MP3 type player things. Yeah. We didn't even have those when I was in high school. <laughs> Must have been rough. I mean, I still got to listen to music, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but my point here is, is always listen to music and talking to you sounds like you do too. So let's play a game. We're going to do a top five. Give me your top five artists, musicians, bands that you listen to to get you psyched up for a race. You can start whatever side of the spectrum you want to, one or five, and give me the top five. All right. Well, I guess we'll start with number five. We'll build it down. I would probably say, like, Kanye, Kanye West. Some of it's, like, newer music, too. I mean, I know a lot of people have some, like, crazy thoughts on that. I think it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Kanye's first two albums are like a showcase of my life at that time. Like, my end of high school, beginning of college years, all I listened to was Kanye's college dropout. Like, that was the album. Number four, I'm going to go with Polo G. 
he's like my favorite rapper probably right now. And then um, number three, which is really close to number four, I'd probably go with like Lil Baby. And then um, number two, I would probably go with like Eminem because you can't go wrong with him. And then number one, like my favorite music to listen to is like old Drake. Okay, all good options. Don't really listen to a lot of Polo G, but Drake has been around for what seems like forever now, and he never has a bad song. Yeah. Yeah, they're all good rappers. I like all of them, guys. That surprises me that you listed all rappers. No offense, but you go to high school in Ohio, Illinois, which has <laughs> what, eight people? <laughs> I don't even know, man. I don't know if we even have 20. if somebody said like hey there's this cross country kid he's super duper fast from Ohio Illinois he listens to a lot of rap music I never would have put that together really (laughs) yeah you go to Lamoille they all be listening to that country music I tell you (laughs) (laughs) got the cowboy hats on oh yeah and boy the and billies the and billies oh yeah so you're just, uh, you're a gangster, Aunt Billy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just cultured, I guess. That's the way to put it. I like it, I like it. There's nothing wrong with you listening to rap music. I'm just joking around. Definitely. Yeah. I listen to all the music, though. Good stuff. Me too. Being well-cultured and listening to everything. And plus, I've been listening to rap music since, whew, I don't even know, for over 20 years pretty close to 30 and the beats the way the, the music makes you feel I mean that's what it's about oh yeah and obviously it makes you feel a certain way you're listening to it before every race yeah you gotta get pumped for sure well now that we just talked about Kanye and college dropout I think I'm gonna let you go just so I can put it on <laughs> alrighty thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast Brock Loftus Jr. from Amboy Running all over these cross-country courses. Thank you for spending some time with us and have fun in Indiana this upcoming week with your team. Sounds like a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on.